Good morning. Welcome to Wake the F Up on UMFM 101.5. We are Thursdays 11 to 11.30. My name is Karan and my pronouns are he, him. And today on the show, I have a very special guest, a classmate, a former classmate of mine that I met in class. And we, uh, you know, trash talked as per <laughs> students. Whoa, they were not happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, my name is Parisa Malipur. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. Um, yeah, basically met Quran in class. We bonded over our mutual hatred of different things, which <laughs> we will talk about today. <laughs> yes, this is true. We will talk about a lot of things today. The UMFM 101.5 broadcasts from the University of Manitoba campuses that are located on the stolen lands of Anishinaabeg, Nehiawak, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. I am a first-generation temporary immigrant settler on this land who still benefits from the neocolonialism that takes place on treaty territory where treaties are still respected and violence towards indigenous people and especially women, children, non-binary people, etc. is ongoing. I hope that my settler privilege will be one day useful in paying back to the indigenous communities whose land I still occupy. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Parisa. No problem. Um, what 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 do we want to talk about today? Um, I think since you brought up the immigrant settler thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, both yeah, part totally. Of, um, I'm an immigrant as well on mm-hmm. stolen land, and uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit about colonialism and indigeneity and immigration bureaucracy different things that all combine to create um the rosy picture of canada that outsiders might have Mm -hmm. and the problems that are intrinsic to this country but are not acknowledged in any type of way except the superficial way yeah that's uh that's a lot of things that we have to talk about today so Maybe we'll start a little bit about yourself. Like, why are you wanting to talk about this? What makes you want to talk about this? And what has your experience been in terms of identity, immigration, indigeneity, uh, you know, your own benefits of occupying land that is always harmed by neocolonial mindsets? Talk about that. Yeah, um, well, pretty much I moved to Canada when I was seven years old Mm -hmm. and at the time I thought that I had a very solid identity as most children think they have Mm -hmm. and uh, it was through university actually that I became more aware of the issues and the identity crises because although university isn't necessarily an inventor of different concepts it does sometimes provide terms for things that you feel but you can't you don't have terms for and I know we both understand the issues with institutions like universities but (laughs) it is beneficial in the way that people have come together and agreed on specific terms for things which is sometimes useful but um, yeah basically I always thought that I was Iranian from age zero to maybe 13 or 14 and then um, that's the age where you don't want to be separate from the rest of society anymore. Right. You kind of want to be more similar to everyone. So then I started becoming Canadian, quote unquote, <laughs> and I would tell people that I'm Canadian. And 
there are issues with that in my opinion for myself it's mm-hmm. okay if other immigrants like fully embrace their canadianness whatever that means to them that's mm-hmm. not my problem nor am i here to judge them for that but for me personally now i understand that that doesn't mean anything to me like to mm-hmm. be canadian what is it to hold a passport to a specific place or and again we're on indigenous stolen lands yeah and in my family specifically that was never something that was thought about like we weren't we didn't come to Canada and we were like oh this is really interesting why are indigenous people incarcerated at a higher rate than Mm non-indigenous people (laughs) that just isn't something you talk about or think about really yeah why would you Yeah. yeah exactly but over time I've understood the benefits that my family has had in coming here it mm-hmm. was a, it was their choice to come here right and yeah benefit from that yeah and um, not a lot of people have the capital to be able to come here the means to get here the means to safely leave their own country like obviously Absolutely. there's a huge huge amount of difference between immigrants and refugees obviously mm-hmm. somehow they always get you know coined together under the same umbrella term but yeah. uh, that's not the case and I have to say, like, when you were talking about university and stuff, and, like, <laughs> I, I think I had, like, five spirals. Like, I was <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, university, totally. You know, <laughs> ironic that we learn about these things in a institution that, like, already yeah. is elitist. Yeah. So ironic that we're here talking about all these issues that harm other people, but not us. Yeah. We have immigrant privilege. <laughs> like, like it's, like, it's, yeah. So, so I guess uh, going forward, I just want to make very clear that these are all opinions and thoughts coming from people who want to be allies further to indigenous peoples of Turtle Island and not not speak for them or, you know, put words in their mouth, but like um, stand with them and speak with mm-hmm. them and just pay our rent, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. So I, I just find this whole discourse on immigration, identity, nationhood, et cetera, et cetera, very interesting. Mostly because I, and this is such a like pacifist or utopian way of thinking, I think. And I truly despise myself for, for having hope in such a future. But I just hate the idea of nations to begin with. Definitely. I hate this international relations theory and all this like uh, oh like we're a state we have this identity nationalism all that stuff I just inherently hate this but obviously I understand that we're living in a capitalistic society wherein these things are important to function although being important and significant in society obviously does not mean being just right Mm -hmm. but but yeah I'm super interested in learning more about this because I obviously I'm not Canadian. I am Indian. I have an Indian citizenship, et cetera, et cetera. But just this whole bureaucracy behind immigration always intrigues me because of my very, very crappy passport. (laughs) You know, I have a very, I have a very crappy passport that does not let me go anywhere unless I can prove to them that I'm not going to do them any harm because of my brownness and my previously colonized ancestry. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. 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 Like colonial. Just think about how powerful the Canadian and American passport is because white 
colonials think that they deserve the right to travel everywhere that they want of and course. to see everything that they want. Whereas I don't think many Iranian citizens sit around thinking about all of the places that they're going to visit and all of the things they're going to do and the places they're going to visit. This is, I think, a very global north con colonial concept of like, I get to go wherever I want and I get to see whatever I want. But the people from the countries that they're visiting, they have to be restricted to that area. Yeah. And it's, it's, got, it's under the guise of bureaucracy. Like, well, their governments don't get along with our governments or many other governments. That's the reason for it. But but it's still like, it's okay, like this country or the citizens of this country can go to this country, but that country can't go to country exactly. A. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think it's just so ridiculous. And obviously there's reasons behind it that are stemming from colonial pasts of previously colonized nations. Mm -hmm. And it's so annoying. Like, <laughs> I can't even think about going to Europe to, quote unquote, find myself <laughs> like a white girl would do yeah. going to Thailand or like yeah. Hawaii or something. Yeah. And like, you know, going to all these exotic, quote unquote, places and like having peach bellinis on the beach and like finding what she wants to do in yeah. her life like i can't do that i can't think about backpacking across europe right. and things like that because tell you what a visa itself you know and that's to say if i'm only traveling within the union i would have to the pay the schengen visa yeah yeah uh, it, it would be schengen ridiculously visa. expensive yeah I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> like when, when we were permanent residents, it, in order to, and this is the sick joke of it all, to go to the to the Middle East, you have to travel through Europe. Yeah. Like there's no other feasible way unless mm -hmm. you're spending thousands more dollars. Yeah. So it's like, I have to go through Europe, so I have to pay you guys money for the Schengen visa. And yeah. this is when we were just permanent residents, not citizens. Yeah. And then... Another funny thing, once you get to Iran, you have to switch to your Persian passport. So you you can't even travel with the same passport all the way through there. There are all these com complicated intricacies of traveling for brown people and black people, I'm sure, go through yeah. the same thing. But it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's all so ridiculous. I, I just think that the hypocrisy is so evident in that white people can do whatever they want and but when i say white people i also loop in the privileged people of color who have who have been descendants of immigrants <laughs> yeah. throughout the years like you know so many nris in america which is like non-residing indians in america who are american now and they can do whatever the heck they want and go wherever they want to For sure. you know and and that's what I mean by when I say white people, which is kind of weird <laughs> for me to loop in POCs with them. But but like they can go find themselves in whatever nation they want to in the entire world. But when it comes to immigrants or refugees who have been displaced or, you know, have had violence perpetrated against them, want to seek better means of lives. They cannot do that in these white dominated colonial history mm -hmm. having countries because of severe hypocrisy yeah and then they have the audacity to complain about the places they're visiting so they can go to vietnam from the states and talk about how crappy the food is and how everything smells it's too polluted everyone's on motorcycles but some vietnamese refugees in canada haven't been to their home in 20 plus years yeah just where does the fairness lie here why do you get to travel there for yeah. fun but people with families there can't go back anymore. It's just 
yeah and and up. there's so much to think about in terms of like yeah like people s- uh, fear their the governments of their origins and things like that and like don't go back to the country countries of their origins but but like white people can do whatever yeah. they want to you know and and like this whole traveling thing of like white people going and like begging on the streets of thailand and yeah. like doing stuff like that i'm just like are you <laughs> yeah are you serious yeah or selling their house to live in a van like you had the choice to have a yeah. house and you did not want to that's so privileged that's yeah. incredibly privileged it's just that's what it comes back to you know yeah and like like what were you thinking going to vietnam like did, did you think that it was all <laughs> going to be like pho and iced coffees yeah. like or vietnamese iced coffees like <laughs> did you think that was all it was going to be about mm-hmm. i don't know i don't get it it just is really upsetting to me but like i guess there's no point ranting about it <laughs> there's I, a point sometimes yeah that's true i'm just upset now <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then same unfortunately again through the institution that is the university of manitoba i have learned some <laughs> things about bureaucracy <laughs> which is it's kind of shitty but my degrees in anthropology so i we talk about diasporas a lot in different cultures and but anthropology at the root of it began with missionaries going to different countries and sort of assessing the situation and their sick curiosity with the cultures that they were in was purely for better ways to convert them to Christianity and Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. is the birth of anthropology no matter it doesn't matter how far we think we've gone away from that it is still I think it's a very colonial subject still which is why I think more people of color and BIPOC especially should join anthropology in order to decolonize it and make it less white because i don't think white people should be the only ones who have the right to go and Mm -hmm. like study other cultures which first of all maybe you should maybe you should study the culture that you are from first like if a white person what culture though i know that's the hard part what culture no it's no it's a good question uh i mean like if a white person wants to go study ireland that's totally cool like that's where you belong i think that yeah you know what do your research in ireland because those are your people (laughs) it's okay to be there but when they go to africa like i'm going to africa to study the africans why are you there there's no way that someone who is not from a specific location can understand the cultural nuances of that place, in my opinion. Mm -hmm, There's mm -hmm. just so much that goes on behind the scenes that an outsider, no matter how hard they try, no matter how long they live there, you will not understand the cultural nuances. So, I don't know. Like, I want to study the Persian diaspora because I'm Persian. I'm not going to go... Yeah, no kidding. ...out of the waters that I understand because, I don't know, that's not fair. Yeah. Which is what the thing is that, that intrigues me the most is... Why is this such a point of curiosity to white people in mm-hmm. that they have caused so much harm to people of color, black people in in various countries of Africa, in turtle like all across Turtle mm-hmm. Island? Why did this happen? Like, is it because they don't have a concept of what is, you know, culture? Like, I, I just don't get it because nationhood and like nationalities, all of these colonial things come from them. This one sentiment of belonging this one common language that you know 
Donald Trump is trying so hard to fight for preserving English, preserving mm-hmm. Catholicism, preserving, uh, you know, controlling women and controlling the bodies of people with uteruses mm-hmm. or uteri, whatever the <laughs> plural is, you know, like mm-hmm. it's 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 just such a contrast to me. Like, why would they want to do this when you think about like and when before we were recording, you were talking about Mauna Kea, like mm-hmm. People are not understanding what significance this holds. Yet, if this was something that they would benefit off of, they would want to study the culture and learn yeah. from them. Like, yeah. I don't understand. This is such a complex topic. Right. In the case of anthropology specifically, part of it might be white guilt. I'm not sure. But I think the other aspect of it is moving forward in these institutions. So, obviously, you can't be a tenured professor without producing research but Hmm. again why wouldn't you go research something that makes sense to you and yeah with Mauna Kea for example it's like yeah these concepts that can't be translated for colonials and white settlers and non-white settlers as well the idea of like sacredness of something being sacred because colonialism inherently has no home base or anything that is sacred because it deals with taking from other places and Hawaii has been colonized. Mauna Kea has been, you know, it is on land that has been colonized. Yeah. So it just, they don't understand for them. That video that we watched, this man talks about, well, why wouldn't you want to pursue knowledge? Well, they're beyond pursuing knowledge because they already have indigenous people specifically. I'm talking in Hawaii, Mm -hmm. speaking about not, on their behalf but yeah with of them. course yeah, yeah um they already have leaps and bounds more knowledge than mm-hmm. that man in the video could ever imagine mm-hmm. so they're not interested in the this 30 foot telescope it doesn't 30 meters it doesn't mean anything to them mm-hmm. why would they desecrate their sacred lands but again that man doesn't understand what sacred means because he isn't that isn't his right forte. and that also brings me to question what knowledge is for people because mm-hmm. we're so used to identifying you know like oh sources checking sources was this written by a white person et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. like it's it's like knowledge in academia is something that i've always been critical of but it's weird because it was this colonial academia that taught me to be critical of (laughs) colonial academia you know (laughs) what i mean like and and now it's like okay so what do we consider to be knowledge what do we think about like in other interdisciplinary ways of researching Mm -hmm. and learning because you know you read we read in our class leanne simpson Mm -hmm. and uh the book that she wrote as we have always done and we talked about how there are different ways to learn in academia too. It doesn't have to be this white centered framework that only works from that only works if you exclude people of color and their ways of research and learning, right? And and so it it kind of like puts me in a weird spot is that what knowledge are they pursuing? What are they talking about? Especially in this scenario, it's what are they wanting to learn? It's yeah. it's being contracted by colonizers. Yeah, well, exactly. And they want access to aerospace. They That is at the heart of it. And then through bureaucracy, it's masked as, oh, it's the pursuit of knowledge, which, again, we 
have not even defined what that is, but that's yeah. what they're going off of, scientific research. But really, they will have access to an incredibly powerful telescope. And what does that lead to? You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just there are all these surrounding background questions that indigenous people of Hawaii are asking, but the people that support this project have it not thought about or they're hiding something from other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, I don't know, you kind of think about this in ways that is like, it's the same old excuses for the same old things that are just presenting themselves in new ways and are super gatekeepy so that people don't understand what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, we have access to this kind of knowledge that helps us understand that these are just neocolonial, neoliberal ways of colonizing places again and again and again and disregarding what indigenous ways of learning and teaching and thinking and self-governance and politics are we have access to that kind of knowledge but not everyone does because of bureaucracy and neocolonial ways of keeping people outside of these institutions that teach you certain things but like when you look at this monica thing it's it's like oh well don't worry like you know (laughs) hawaiian indigenous people are also a part of this and like like there is the same thing that u of m said when it was like facades of reconciliation between settlers and indigenous people it's always a facade yeah which is which is like no yeah no this is stop Mm -hmm. and and it kind of brings me to an interesting point that u of m is actually complicit in this like i know i know that today we've talked about a lot of like vague concepts you know what is it what it means to be white and travel Mm -hmm. and explore someone's identity and things like that and suddenly we've landed onto Mauna Kea. <laughs> but yeah. I think that obviously all of these things are intertwined. But but um, so I'm just going to present this fact now that the University of Manitoba is actually somewhat complicit in the building of this 30 meter telescope project or whatever it is that is constantly undermining the sovereignty of indigenous peoples of Hawaii. Absolutely. And um, while they consistently send out press packages and emails to their students and change their logo and all this stuff and it why why do you not uphold the same thing yeah. in actuality that you present through your PR firms yeah There's no kidding it's just it's just a facade it's just that oh look at us we're doing something mm-hmm. even though we're not really doing anything right like and I've said this before on the show too about how U of M sent out this like big messaging. Oh, we've changed our logo. <laughs> yeah. We've done this. Not in a single place was the word indigenous used. Right. To say that, oh yeah, like the the infinity sign and the bison and the, the prairie skies, all of these are like icons of indigenous ideas and all of that. Like, but yeah. <laughs> no one, like there was not a single word that signified that this is where all these ideas and images are coming from right that's not their priority but because that's, that's never been their priority yeah. and just gonna read out this letter from the university of manitoba indigenous students association and also their women's council that signed the letter in solidarity yeah i'm just gonna read the letter now in early june indigenous people in hawaii began protesting the construction of the 30 meter telescope a scientific and space exploration structure that is planned to be built on Mauna Kea, an ancient and sacred place to indigenous Hawaiians, elders, and land protectors of Hawaii. 
Elders and land protectors of Hawaii have expressed that the construction of the TMT is non-consensual and would endanger the environmental integrity of the area. The Indigenous Students Association and Indigenous Women's Council at the University of Manitoba stand in solidarity with our relations who are fighting to protect their sacred lands on Mauna Kea, located on the Big Island of Hawaii. We recognize their role as protectors of sacred lands and water and fully condemn the actions of TMT International Observatory. We demand that the University of Manitoba divest their support of the 30-meter telescope TMT project, which is attempting to infringe on Indigenous peoples and their right to preserve their sacred sites and lands. The University of Manitoba is a member of the Association of Canadian Universities for Research in Astronomy, the organization that is actively involved in the TMT. The university's association with the TMT project counteracts their promise to support the Indigenous community and uphold reconciliation. The University of Manitoba has formally committed to fostering reconciliation efforts through the signing of the Manitoba Indigenous Education Blueprint and the Winnipeg Indigenous Accord. The University of Manitoba is also the home of the National Center for Truth and Reconciliation and rests on Treaty 1 territory. These bestowments should be honored and put into practice by the University of Manitoba. The sacredness of our lands and waters should never be compromised by corporate greed and advancement of Western science. It is imperative that with the current state of the global climate and global climate that Western institutions and the general public take active roles in ensuring the con continuity of the next seven generations. In solidarity, the University of Manitoba Indigenous Students Association and the University of Manitoba Indigenous Students Women's Council. Yeah, so it's very clear that, you know, all of this, oh, we're going to reconcile. We're going to do right by the people that were harmed on this land, yada, 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 is really just a farce. Yeah, and this isn't accidental. Like, of they not. would know, they would have had a heads up. Same with all the pipeline projects that are being approved left and right. Why then just say that you don't want to reconcile with Indigenous people? That's the part I guess I don't really understand because people aren't stupid. They can see that you're doing the opposite of what you're saying you're doing. Mm -hmm. That's just, I don't know. Why keep this up? Why keep up the charade? It just seems like more work to me than is worth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see what the U of M does, even if it does anything, you know? Like, For I sure. don't think that, like many things, this is something that is getting a lot of coverage to begin with. Not enough to pressure university administration to do anything. You know, yeah. to them, it's something that's happening on different land. Yeah. That is not the University of Manitoba campuses. Yeah. You know? And... It's just we're going to pick and choose what we do in order to make things right for our harms and mistakes of the past. We acknowledge them, but we don't actually move forward in a spirit of reconciliation and collaboration Definitely. with indigenous communities yeah. because that's that's the thing. Reconciliation is is uh, always always going to be sidetracked. It's Definitely. it's not real. It's it's just not real, you know? Mm -hmm. And this is the real trickle-down effect that everyone talks about economically, like, mm. with tax breaks and stuff. I think the real, like, maybe they should change that term 
<laughs> for colonial powers trickling down everywhere through capitalism and other means it's their fingers are everywhere like it just there isn't any place that isn't affected yeah and it's i don't know when it will end but you know that's why we're maybe that's why we're in university it's <laughs> it always comes down to this, this institution to get there yeah right. it always comes down to this you know it's just a self-perpetuating system mm-hmm. we're all gonna be complicit in it yeah even though we don't want to and there's no, gonna be no way out so yay <laughs> have we on another episode again identified that capitalism <laughs> is a problem hmm, hmm. maybe so <laughs> but yeah i guess we'll have to wait and watch Thanks so much, Parisa, for coming on the show today. I think this is all the time we have this time around, but make sure to catch Parisa the next time she's on (laughs) our show because she will be here talking and ranting and trash-talking capitalism more and more because it appears that if you think critically enough, you'll come to the same conclusions that everyone else does, that capitalism is a problem. And always be pissed off. Yeah. If you think critically, you will. Yeah. Unless you... take the paths that people like Charlie Kirk, Joe Rogan and all those trash people do. <laughs> then maybe you won't. Yeah. But I'm not planning on that. Yeah. Right that's now. a choice we're making. We'll see till the next time maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Thank you for having me. Of course. Catch you next week. <laughs>